Chapter 3. Dramatis Personae. Top Companies. Main characters take a smaller role in our cast of thousands. Becoming a novelist is something which many of us dream of. A whole industry exists around offering advice and training courses on what makes a good read and what are its essential ingredients. We've already discussed the importance of an attention-grabbing opening and of having an overall structure of your tale. One attribute that you'll find every novel writing expert includes in their list is the need for a diverse and well-developed set of characters. Who could fail to be entranced by the deductive genius of Sherlock Holmes, the murderous artifice of Tom Ripley, or the elaborate construct that is Jay Gatsby's life? The characters of a great literary novel are not just vessels for the author to tell their story. They are the story. The characters in our tale of pharma R&D have to be the pharmaceutical companies themselves. But who are the leads who cast the longer shadows over our story? Taking a look at the top 25 companies by pipeline size, and it seems that we have a new main character, Roche. The Swiss giant usurps its compatriot Novartis, ending the latter's reign of six years at the top. It would seem that Roche's ascent is largely organic. It only posted one small acquisition during the past calendar year, that of good therapeutics. The gap between the two Basel-based giants is very small, though and Novartis holds on to its crown as the company originating the most drugs. The rest of the top five remains unchanged, and indeed it's striking how many companies in the table have very similar pipeline sizes now to those posted in 2022, and how little movement there is generally. Notably, of the top ten, only Bristol, Myers, Squibb and Pfizer have larger pipeline sizes this year than last. This, and the overall lack of much change, can partly be accounted for by exceptionally low significant merger and acquisition activity during 2022. Aside from the aforementioned Roche transaction, Novartis acquired Gyroscope Therapeutics, Bristol-Myers Squibb took over Turning Point Therapeutics, Pfizer purchased Biohaven Pharmaceuticals, Reviral and Arena Pharmaceuticals, AstraZeneca absorbed Tenia II, Sanofi purchased Amunix Pharmaceuticals, and Eli Lilly bought Acuos. In the grand scheme of things, these acquired companies were only minor characters, disappearing from the story, not materially affecting the size of their new parents' pipelines to any great degree. Meanwhile, Takeda, Johnson & Johnson and Merck & Co. didn't report any deals of relevance. The landscape for deals through 2022 remained low on incidents, with only 81 mergers and acquisitions reported by pharma projects during the year. A fall from 2021's 116, and continuing a downward trend. Many industry observers seem to think that 2023 might be the year when the M&A plot comes back to life. Quoted in Scribd, Richard Wilson, Senior Vice President at Estella's Gene Therapy, commented that... During 2022, there was a common question of, have we reached the bottom yet? As we saw company valuations drop dramatically, corporate ambitions shrink, and sadly valued employees laid off as companies reacted to the challenging macroeconomic environment. M&A feels poised to heat up a little more. Similarly, Sarah Howe, CEO of reformulation specialist Arcor Therapeutics, was also bullish. I believe that we will see a surge in M&A in 2023 after a quiet 2022, she said. 
farmer are sitting on significant capital reserves, and the model of assessing external innovation is still very much alive. The most significant increase in pipeline size within our top 25 comes once again from China and from Jiangsu Hangrei. After a spectacular debut in last year's listing, it advances further with a 19.1% increase in its R&D portfolio. But Chinese companies did not manage a major land grab within the upper echelons as they did last year, with CSPC Pharmaceutical being the only Chinese debutant in the upper echelons. The only other new entry into the table is the more familiar face of Novo Nordisk. The Danish concern returns to the big time this year, having made two acquisitions during 2022, those of Dicerna Pharmaceuticals and Former Therapeutics. Fading out of the main action this year are two Japanese firms, Astellas, which falls from 19 to 26, and Sumitomo Pharma, dropping from 25 to 28. Overall, I can't remember a year when there was so little change within the top 25. This should probably be viewed as a sign of stability rather than stagnation. We've seen in previous years how our major characters are commanding a diminishing proportion of the overall word count. And this trend continues in 2023. The top 10 companies only originated 4.09%, a further significant decline from the 4.63% reported last year. Whereas the top 25 share fell from 8.51% to 7.6%. The contribution made by the smaller supporting characters, the companies with just one or two drugs, rose however from 16.91% to 17.53%. The leading lights of our novel do, however, have a rich and diverse set of character traits as measured by the range of therapeutic areas in which they are involved. All of the major players still have interests across a multitude of disciplines. However, whereas last year eight of the top ten companies were developing at least one drug in all 14 therapeutic areas, this year that number drops to three out of ten. However, for the other seven, they're each missing drugs in just one of the smallest therapeutic areas, namely hormonal products or antiparasitics. In another small but subtle shift, anti-cancers no longer form the largest therapeutic area for all top 10 companies, as Eli Lilly is bucking the trend by having alimentary metabolic as its primary focus. All of the companies are still putting significant resources into cancer, though, whereas in some other therapeutic areas, such as anti-infectives, there is considerable variation in the size of their efforts. Bristol-Myers Squibb remains the most oncology-focused of the ten. I'm hoping that this year will be the last that COVID-19 merits its own analysis in this report. However, just as Sir Arthur Conan Doyle tried to kill off his hero, Sherlock Holmes, by having him plunge over the Rhinenbach Falls in the final problem, 1893, only to find he had to resurrect him later due to his enduring popularity, the current deteriorating situation in China may mean that this proves not to be the case. While all of the top ten still have some interest in drugs or vaccines against the virus which caused the global pandemic, it's becoming clearer now which of them are in it for the long haul and for which activities look to be winding down. Pfizer is now the dominant force, with a total of 19 agents for treatment or prophylaxis of the infection, or for the management of its complications, up from 11 last year, followed by AstraZeneca, with 10 up from 8.
In contrast, Merck & Co's interest in this area has diminished to a meagre two drugs. In contrast, all but one of the top ten, Sanofi being the exception, have a greater proportion of their pipelines focused on rare diseases than this time last year. Looking at the top 20 companies by number of assets against rare diseases, and the top 10 pharma companies all appear in this table's top 12. Novartis holds the distinction of not only topping this table, but also having the greatest percentage of its pipeline targeting rare diseases among the big pharma beasts. Almost two-thirds of its drugs fall into this class, whereas at Eli Lilly the proportion is less than a third. Among companies in the next tier, Merck KGAA stands out with an eye-popping 84.6%. The niche player on the list, Medicines for Malaria Venture, has 100%, although this is because malaria is classified as rare based on its low incidence prevalence in the US and EU. Clearly, if you're in sub-Saharan Africa, this is sadly far from the case. Whilst most novels and our immediately preceding analysis focus on a relatively small number of main players, some books are famous, or maybe infamous, for having large casts of characters. Examples are weighty classics such as Anna Karenina, 1878, and War and Peace, 1869, by Leo Tolstoy, Middlemarch, 1872, by George Eliot, and Les Miserables, 1862, by Victor Hugo. More modern instances include 100 Years of Solitude, 1967, by Gabriel Garcia Marquez, as well as the works of George R. R. Martin in the universe which spawned Game of Thrones, 1996 to today. Our pharma industry similarly has a cast of thousands. The total number of pharmaceutical companies involved in pharma R&D as of January 2023 came in at 5,529 a 2.1% increase over 2022's figure of 5,416. This represents a considerable slowing of the rate of increase seen in 2021-22, which was 6.2%, but nonetheless represents a new high, and the figure overall has doubled in the past decade. It looks like part of the reason that the increase in companies has slowed is due to fewer new companies being identified over the past 12 months, with 809 being added to the database. This is lower than the equivalent figure of 1,042 last year. With the overall number of companies only going up by 113, this means that a net total of 696 firms fell off the pages of the R&D book a similar figure to last year's 725. While some of these firms may have failed or been acquired and have exited the narrative completely, others may reappear in sequels to this report because their disappearing act was based on a lack of new information on their drugs for over a year. And we will have therefore moved those drugs to inactive for now. And the company thus ceases to be represented as active. R&D companies that were once presumed missing or dead may be resurrected again later in the story, much like Sergeant Troy in Thomas Hardy's Far From The Madding Crowd, 1874. We've seen already that the background characters in pharma R&D provided an increased share of the overall pipeline in 2022, and an examination into their numbers reveals how. This year, we're reporting 825 companies with only two drugs in their pipelines and a staggering 2,083 with just a single candidate. 
Both of these numbers are significantly up from their equivalent figures in 2022 of 759 and 1,833 respectively. Overall, these companies in minor roles in the background of crowd scenes of our story account for 52.6% of all pharma companies, a metric which is up on the previous year's 48.8%. No wonder their contribution has become greater. While many books set their entire narratives in a very specific location, real or otherwise, others have a global reach with fantasies, spy novels and stories involving quests likely to have an international focus. Think Ian Fleming's James Bond novels. Of course, the pharmaceutical industry is one of the most global of all. But what are the most used locations where characters in our story abide? There are only subtle shifts over the past 12 months with the US still the favoured base, although losing a further 1% of share. Conversely, China picks up a percentage point, although with its total number of companies now standing at 808, only up a little from 2022's 792. There are signs that the explosion in the number of companies based there is starting to level off. While this insight gives us the origins of our characters, where is the action actually taking place? Let's look at all the drugs in active R&D and where their development is reported to be taking place. Each drug is counted once for each country in which it is in development. So most drugs are being counted more than once here as they're in development in multiple countries. By this metric, the number of scenes set in the US has also declined somewhat, with 51.1% of all drugs reporting some US development this year, down from 53.4% last year. While the States is clearly still preeminent, again China is creeping closer. It's 23.6% share being up from 20.8% last year. Note that this table only lists countries with more than 1,000 drugs in development. The overall takeaway this year is that, like in a long-running series of novels, most of our dramatist personae have remained the same from the 2022 to the 2023 editions. Changes to our cast of characters this year have been marginal, with most trends just advancing changes which have been underway for a number of years now. It's as if the farmer R&D story has a good formula, like an Agatha Christie whodunit. The advantage of literature over life is that its characters are clearly defined and act consistently. Jerome K. Jerome